Welcome to the Lifting Your Soul podcast with George and Scott. Welcome on this journey with us into the Book of Romans at the moment. Scotty, how are you doing? Welcome, welcome. Yeah, I'm good, buddy. Mate, good to uh, be sitting across the table with you again. Yes, we're not touching legs. No, no, it's all... Uh, no, we haven't done so in the last four episodes. <laughs> we, we're up to we episode have. five. This has been... <laughs> We've <well>. been good. <laughs> We've been good. <laughs> good. There's I been no, no, no uh, silent... No, no. Points? No, no, it's been it's been tremendous. It's been tremendous. Thank now, you, Lord. now we've been going through the Book of Romans as uh, anyone would know who's listened to the first four episodes. We're up to episode number five, and uh, this is we're going to carry on from the Book of Romans, chapter three, verse nine. We finished in verse eight last time. Now, this is as we said at the end of the last podcast, at the uh, sorry last episode, that uh, this is now we're rounding off to the end of the dark, yeah, side. Of man. Yeah. How sin entered the world or how sin has ravaged man, right? So we're getting to the close to the end of that. Yeah. And we're about it's about to take a ninety degree sharp turn. That's right. The good news is almost upon us. The good news is almost upon <laughs> us. It's exactly what it is. Yeah. And so uh so now, Scott. Yeah. New Living Translation or New King James Version? What are your thoughts? Oh, very good point. Um because I think we'll go the New King James. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. You happy with that? Yeah, very happy. Okay. Let's. Uh, um, all right. So, if you want to start reading from verse nine. Yeah. How we, yeah. And let's go up to, if you don't mind. So let 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 me just beg the question before oh, we read this. George. Yes. Yes. How bad are we? Well, if we look at the state of the world today, uh, horrible. <laughs> We're pretty bad. Yeah. 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 As as humans, right? Yeah, we, so we, we, I guess what I was thinking is, <laughs> what, are you, what are you saying? Over the last little while, we've been talking about how we're under sin, and you know we can't point the finger. Um, you know that the humanity has spiraled pretty right. much out of control. Doesn't yep. can't you know um, see which way's up. Tonight, what we're about to read is the crescendo. Ooh. Of this. Ooh, the crescendo. So I want to ask that question. Okay. How bad are we? Because we're about, the scripture <laughs> is about to answer this. To let you know. I think it's really important. Look, I think one of the themes that we've spoken about um, from the start is that Romans is an expansion of what the gospel is about, the gospel mm. story and what it means. Mm. And the start of the gospel isn't that Jesus died and rose again and saved us from our sin. The start of the gospel is this is how horrid humanity is, mm. and this is what sin has done to us when we, because we've given ourselves to it. That's an important factor. This what, is our state. This is our actual state. Mm. And so when you when you look at this, you are what you're saying is. I just had a thought actually. Bring it. Mm. Okay. So in reality, then what you just said, this is our state. Whenever there's deceit. Lies, murder, hurt, defamation, attack, child sex, slavery, exploitations. That's the state of humanity. Mm -hmm. When that doesn't happen, because that's wickedness, when that wickedness is not present at that form, would it be possible to postulate that that is because that society has been impacted by the Gospel, yeah, by God's laws. Yeah, I was I was listening um, 
in one way or another. Yeah, yeah. We were talking, uh, more, it was a couple of podcasts ago about how um, truth today is is regarded as relative, that right. there's no absolute truth. Yes, And I thought, correct. how scary would it be if there was not the scripture? If there was no scripture. There was no, no scripture. So in other words, there's no concrete um, absolute mm-hmm. on that which is good and, you know, what God requires. If that okay. did not exist... What would life be like? What would what, the world be like? What would the world be like? So, okay. So what, what you've just expanded upon is saying that because of... God's laws, whether it be the Ten Commandments or what Jesus has given us. Which is the Old Testament. Yes. If, if we did not have that, then man would, would be this, the wickedness of man would be so abhorrent as we saw prior to the flood. Because Jesus, God's, God's words in prior to the flood was man's thoughts are continuously evil and wicked in their hearts and, and intent. And that was, that was man just going, stuff you, we're going to forget you completely, here's what we're going to do. So, so I'm trying to battle with how to say this because yeah, well, it's trying to come out clumsily. Well, I, I suppose that um, poses the question, is it any different now? Uh, no. No, no, I, I don't think it's any different. I think... What is different, if there is a difference, is that now, and in, in today's modern history, modern days, is there is still a remnant of the teachings of Jesus Christ and people pr- who pray and Christians and and believers and moral standards that come from the Bible, Old or yeah. New Testament. And I think that's a point. Yes. That come from the Bible. Comes from the Bible. So what I'm saying is, is that without this, what we... You know, you and I would proclaim is the the moral absolute, right? Or truth absolute. <clears throat> Pardon me. Without that, we would literally be just so um, aimless, well, completely aimless. Well, there'd be anarchy. There'd be survival of the fittest. It would. There'd be. I'll take whatever I want. There would be no truth. Truth would would be obviously relative because there's no rule for which to. Yes, to govern. That's right. That's right. And yeah. so, so, and, and I make that thought, and I, and I digress a little bit from what we were about to read because it's easy to sort of read the Book of Romans and go, "Oh, that's he's talking two thousand years ago." And I know we have a little bit of that now, but really, what we're about to read is this is the state of man. Mm-hmm. And even though you may, let's say, you're, you're a regular listener, you know, a, a disciple of Jesus, you get up, you got a lovely family, you go to work, you're around people who who are non-believers mainly. Generally nice people, generally um, people who are doing seemingly good things, and they're they're kind and whatever. And and then you get back, you know, and you, you shop attendance and service service station attendance and blah blah blah. And you get and you meet some friends for dinner, and you come back. In your mind, you think, oh, life is people are good in general. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So not what, realizing though, yep. if I can say yep. as a final thought to that, not realizing that every single one of those people that you think are good or doing well have been influenced by the Bible. Maybe not directly now, but in their heritage line, down, go back five, six, 10, 15 generations, their moral code that has been passed down from father to son to father to son is from the Bible. Mm, it's a good thought. 
Definitely a great like, thought. That thought of that happening shows the impact of of how much our world is not as wicked. Western world cocooned, let's call it that, as what it, man really is. And so it's easy to look at this and go, no, that's not really us. Yeah. So are you, are you then saying perhaps that there is a there is a presence of a moral restraint? Yes. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Mm. Which, as we know, many commentators and many apologists have said that there has to be a moral law outside ourselves, which is restrained man. Yeah. And that moral law has to come from a moral lawgiver because mm. we ourselves have not thought of this. How, how wicked are we that we need to be restrained? Exactly. <laughs> okay. And we're about to look and see how wicked yeah, we are. Yeah, yeah. All right, Scotty, All you right, want to take well, us away from verse 9? Verse 9, <clears throat> New King James Version. What is it? Chapter 3, verse 9. I love this. What then? Are we any better than they? Not at all. For we have previously charged both Jews and Greeks that they all are under sin. As it is written, there is none righteous. No, not one. There is none who understands. There is none who seeks after God. They have all turned aside. (laughs) They have together become unprofitable. There is none who does good. No, not one. Their throat is an open tomb. Their tongues are, sorry, with their tongues, they have practiced deceit. Hang on, Scott. Yeah. Verse 13, right? (laughs) You said their tongues are open wounds, right? Open oh, tombs, sorry. Your tombs. Okay, yeah. No, this is what mine says. This is what NLT says. Oh, yep, yep. Their talk is foul like the stench from an open grave. Ooh. <laughs> sorry, carry on. Their tongues. <laughs> their throat is an open tomb. <laughs> With their tongues, they have practiced deceit. We shouldn't be laughing, really. Oh, no, it's horrible. The poison of asps is under their lips. Ooh. Whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness, their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their ways, and the ways of peace they have not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Yeah, let's stop there. <sighs> <laughs> let's just take a breath. Let's take a breath. Verse nine to eighteen <clears throat> has given us a snapshot view of man's depravity. Mm. Man in his in his ultimate wickedness, displayed there by none is good, not one. The mouth stuff coming out of our mouth is like rotting corpse. Yeah, that's how disgusting it is. Yep. Tongues are filled with lies. Mm-hmm. Snake venom drips from our lips. Mm-hmm. Mouth is full of cursing. We rush to murder. Destruction and misery follow us. We don't know where peace is, and no one fears God. You know, it's this is full on. This to me is, for me, is a, a very uh, it's 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 a close doctrine to my heart, right? Because uh, what what is a close doctrine? The total depravity of man, right? Where we argue sometimes that somehow got there. You know, Christians say this all the time: "Oh, he's he's or she is seeking God," right? You know, they, they seem to be seeking God, you know, they're, they're close or, or whatever. Whether a person or not is, is hungry after God has just been answered. And, and so one of the things that we, well, that I personally hold is that if it's not for God moving in some way, shape or form, 
we would be left to our own devices and we would not be seeking God. That's literally what that is saying. Gotcha. You know? so, so, for instance, you know, none righteous, no, not one, no one who understands, there's no one who seeks after God. Right. They all have turned aside. They have altogether become unprofitable. Gotcha. They're useless. Yeah. You know. Yes. Written off. So God, God is the one. What you're saying is instigating. I suppose it's the. I suppose it's the. It's the scripture that says, "Those who, no one can call upon the name of the Lord or says Jesus is Lord without the Spirit." Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. So there is some intervention by God. Yeah. Is what you're saying, for humanity to. To chase after him, God has instigated that. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. We have, we have um, actually talked about that. I think it was in, even in our last podcast. Or do you despise the riches of His goodness, forbearance, and long suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God yes. leads you to repentance? It's the knowledge of Him and what He has done, and how good He is that leads you to that point. Where you realize you need him. So there we go. So it's the goodness and kindness of God that leads people to repentance. Yeah. Instigated by him. Yes. Mm. So he puts that in front of them. That's the only way people are going to be able to find him. Correct. Because outside of that, the depravity is Is, too much. Well, the depravity is complete. The corruption is complete. Gotcha. Gotcha. We are totally in a state where we need a savior. It's a horrible. It's a horrible picture that's painted here. Isn't yeah, it? yeah, absolutely. And we talked about that. It's we we begged that question at the end of our last, last podcast. Yep. Was, um, uh, you know how 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 bad are we? Well, let's just have a look. We're completely bad. Yep. And we don't seek after God. Yep. Um, I forgot the cre- the question that we we talked about right at the end of the last of, the, of our last podcast. Oh, we talked about how how bad are we? How, how depraved are we? Yeah, is that the, like how depraved? How much? Yeah, how horribly wicked are we? And and this this shows it is. If if I was reading this for the first time, yeah, as a, as a Christian, and I'm reading this for the first time. I would I would say, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Whoa, 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 whoa! Time out. What do you mean? No one is seeking God. I'm seeking God. Yeah. Not realizing, no, no, he's talking about. Man's depravity. You, this is a unrepentant man. Yeah, is that correct? This is a unrighteous man. This or, is the state of mankind. Yes, I think. Yes. So, so yeah, you're seeking after God because His goodness and kindness led you to repentance. Yeah. So yeah. you're seeking after God. Got it. But this is what man. This is what you were like prior to that. Yeah. This is what all of us were like who know the Lord now. Yeah. We're like this now. Controversial statement. Why do we behave like this once we know the Lord? I.e., sometimes we don't see God. We are useless. We attend church and do nothing else. We're churchified, not, not disciples of Jesus. We talk like rubbish. We have things dripping out our mouths. We don't want to murder people, but we hate them so much that... Yeah. Misery follows us constantly. We can't find peace. Do we really have a fear of God? So, so what I'm saying is, and the controversial part of what I'm saying is, yeah. if those things are around you, are you really safe? Oh, you mean coming from your own life? Yes. Good question. Very good question. I think that you would definitely need to, 
If if the fruit of your life is what we're just reading, that's the word I'm talking like about. That yeah. you just hit the nail on. Yeah. There. If the, if, if the fruit of the lo- of your life is there's been no change since you have apparently, and I'll say this in inverted commas, met, yeah. met Jesus, given yes. your life to Jesus, raised your hand, raised whatever your hand, is, went to church, whatever, bundi, burmi, undi, whatever yeah. you want to call it, <laughs> whatever that is, yep. and you're still not changed. Then you have not missed something it. has horribly gone wrong. Yeah. Or actually something is nothing nothing has nothing gone wrong. Nothing has taken place. That's right, yeah. 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 <laughs> so would, I'm saying which would be more to the point. Yes. Yeah. So Jesus saying you will know them by their fruit. Correct. Is not just about as many preachers have spoken about over the years. It's not just about how much fruit of the spirit you display as a Christian. Oh, you'll know them how how Christianized they are by their fruit. He's talking about you'll know whether they know the Lord or not by their fruit. Yeah, 100%. You will know that. Yeah. And and now, turning our attention to chapter 3, verses verses 8 to 18 here, is, is uh, verses 9 to 18, it's in specific, verse 10 to 18, you look at clearly, if any of this fruit is following you, I'm sorry, listener, I'm, I'm really sorry to have to say this to you. And I hope that if you're listening anywhere around the world, I think we've got nine countries listening to this and people from nine countries. If any of this fruit is following you, you've got to really talk to someone about this and work out mainly the first person you should talk to is the Lord. Do I really, is my salvation set? Mm. I think. Am, am I being a bit harsh here, Scott? Um, I don't think you're being harsh, but we do want to obviously clarify for people because yes, we don't please. want um, someone who has met the Lord and who struggles, yep. which we all do. Got you. Yes, agreed. Um, agreed. Thank you for feeling, the balance. Yeah, feel, yep. feeling condemned. Yep. But I think at the same time, um, what you should be um, feeling in your life once you've met the Lord is obviously there'd be, we're, we're, we're skipping a few chapters here. Yep, yep. This is Romans chapter 7. But really what you should be feeling is this hatred for, for sin and yes. love for the things of God. Yep. Um, but a sl- it may be slow. Some things might, uh, f- you know, the bad fruit might f- fall off the tree immediately. Like there might be things, like for instance, in my life, there was uh, I was a drug addict, for yep. instance, yep. B- before I came to Christ. Um, those things I kind of walked away from straight mm-hmm. away. But then mm-hmm. there were other things that yeah. I struggled with, you know, some some of them for years. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. It was a progressive maturity. But you knew- that that was wrong. It was, the whole time That's it was right. a hatred for sin. That's the difference, I yes. think. That's the difference. That's the difference. Because none of this here is a person who hates sin. Mm. Mm. And that's that. I think is probably a better measure. Yeah, and, is that and, even and though think, we may fall and stumble and well, can I take it back one? Yes. It's not necessarily that. It's almost um, there's um, and I, it's there's no acknowledgement that this is. Is even your state? Yeah, good point. You yes, know? Um, I was talking to someone very close to me uh, recently, um, and uh, wonderful family family member, and they don't know the Lord. And one of the things that I was trying to drive home was that we are sinners and that we need Christ. Um, and we were—I was basically doing, you know, a Romans chapter three right. point where um, the person I had to help understand that it's not about me pointing a finger or a Christian, if you like, pointing the finger at someone saying, you're this and you're that and whatever, you're going to hell or whatever. Although that is the truth, 
what we want to try and do is to help people understand that we are without Christ. Mm -hmm. We are all like this. Yes. Yes. You know, and why that is so beautiful is because God took the initiative to take us out of our state. Yeah, very good. And we're going to obviously get that there in a minute, but the point being is that um, we we need to know that we're drowning before we need to know. We need to be rescued. We need to be rescued. Yeah. And uh, I think that that's yeah. really important because, uh, I mean, I've heard, unfortunately, I've heard even from, from pulpits before where it says you don't need to tell people that they're sinners that they know. <laughs> no, people they do not know they that. They do not know. They don't know the full consequence exactly. of this. We now, talked about hell last time. It's, it's, like a, it's like a remnant of a statement that came from 40 years ago when people were going to Sunday school uh, as a normal class in, in school. Right. Okay. Public schools, private schools, 40 years ago in Australia taught religious education. And part of that was we're all sinners and we've sinned before God and we, we need a savior and that's Jesus, blah, blah, blah. So yes, of, yeah, you didn't need to tell people so much that they're sinners, but you most definitely do now. Yeah. Most, even back then you needed to because yeah. you needed to give the weight of it. Yes. Because what you taught, learned in school was not as deep as this, but but now- from 40 years ago to now, most definitely people haven't got a clue. Like when I spoke to when I spoke to the the a uh, couple of guys from the gym, and I think that's mostly like what you're referring to, George, yeah. is that um, when we were younger, and even in our parents or whatever, there was mm. there was dare I say it, um, some sense of moral sort of uh, presence, if you like, in family life well, and whatever. Gotta, well, think about it, Scott. Billy Graham comes to Australia. He goes to Melbourne Cricket around 150,000, but it still holds the record. Mm. Rock up to his, rock up to yeah, his. Yeah, was it something 140 something? Something thousand. People yeah. rock up to the stadium, <clears throat> right, um, and pack it out. And and tens of thousands give their life to the Lord as they mm. make a decision like, oh, my goodness, I, I need what you're saying. Mm. And Billy Graham didn't mince words about the depravity of men. Correct. Right. But the fact that 150,000 people went there in the 50s and 60s, in the 1956, why, why would they do that? Or 58? Because there was some resemblance or semblance of God and the possibility of God and what we learned at school, those sort of things. Yes. Now it's totally not there. Yeah, yeah. So I was saying I think with the advent, like you mentioned in in our first podcast, um, the advent of um, the teaching of... um, Charles Darwin. Charles Darwin. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just makes it even more. Yeah. Oh, we don't need to believe there is God no God. This is so, yeah, exactly. Like I was going to say that as I'm talking to the gym guys, the, you know, two brothers, 118, 120, literally six hours in our house talking about current events and universe and all peppered through the whole of those time is talking about God. Starting literally, literally, the whole thing was literally the whole gospel message from... <laughs> Yeah, creation all the way through to here's what's going to happen in the future and here how the stage is being set. And the gospel message was peppered all the way through there. They had zero idea. No zero. knowledge. Zero, zero. Yeah, wow. Zero. Yeah. What do you mean the earth was created? Yeah, right. Well, what do you mean? God did what? Yeah, so now we're living in a generation where our younger ones are growing up. D- didn't even know who Adam and Eve were. Understand this. Yeah, right. Okay, so I had not seen any Bible stories, had not seen anything on TV, nothing on YouTube. None of that sort of stuff. You know, oh, yeah, there was a, wasn't that Moses with the flood? The flood thing? Was there a flood? <laughs> like that, little, that was a little bit mixed up. T- and that's what I mean. This is the generation we now deal with, right? So here is this depravity that's given to us here. 
If you want to read from verse 19, because we're about to, we've got two more verses of this, and then it goes into, now here's the good news. Mm. And here is why it's good, yep. is what it's showing, right? So if can I can I just, one of the things that I um, I just want to point out just before we move on, which I thought, I don't know, it's it's, it's pretty cool right. insight. So what we had just read yes. was actually all quotes from the Old Testament. Correct. Most of those quotes was from King David. Yeah, in Psalms, right? All Psalms, in the Psalms. Yep. Psalm 14, Psalm 140. Psalm, Psalm 10, Psalm... Yeah. Psalm 5, Psalm, yeah. I'm, yeah. Looking, at all, I'm one, looking at all the references One here. from Isaiah. And, There's one from Isaiah. And one from Ecclesiastes, which is King Solomon and yep. obviously Isaiah. And yes. the rest is all King David. And that's what I'm looking at at the moment. And so what Paul is doing is he's actually referring to that which was before preaching the gospel. Showing them Showing in their them own that writings. that there's no one righteous. Yeah. So not even you guys. Yeah. You Jews who think you're righteous because you've got the law in yeah. common. Let's, let's remember this was 2,000 years ago when we didn't have the New Testament. Yes. He's referring to the Old Testament yeah. and preaching the gospel. Yeah, good point. Yeah. Oh, so he's preaching. Oh, damn, let's not miss that. He's <laughs> preaching the gospel from the Old Testament. 100%. Outstanding. Stop 100%. It. Stop it. All right, let's go with verse 19. So if you want to finish it off from, from the New King James Version. All right, so... Verse 19, now we know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped and all the world may become guilty before God. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. My last sentence says, the law simply shows us how sinful we are. Yeah. Which is exactly what we've been saying. This is a really, really good point for anyone that doesn't understand that particular statement. We want to try and um, nail this home tonight. So, so that is a really important statement. So, verse twenty in full in the New Living says it this way: For no one can ever be made right with God by doing what the law commands. Very good. The law simply shows us how sinful we are. That is it. Beautiful. Right there. That's perfect. That's a massive statement. Yeah. That is, I think we mentioned it in one of the podcasts, that is the mirror. The yes. law is the mirror yes, that we, we read. Yep. And that mirror reflects our state. Yep. And guess what? There's a lot of blackness. It's horrible. It's horrible. Yeah. It's literally a black hole. Yeah. Where light is absorbed to it. Yeah. Just where we're unclean, we're mm -hmm. dirty. Mm -hmm. And <sighs> But isn't that amazing? like we mentioned just before, that if we didn't have the law, we wouldn't know our state. Correct. So that's how powerful and how beautiful the gospel is. A lot of people say, hey, don't tell me that I'm not righteous. Don't tell me that I'm a sinner, that, you know, that the consequence of my sin is eternity without God, hell, basically. Mm. Well, how on earth are you going to know how unclean you are unless we go there? Yes. You know, yep. this is actually a beautiful part of the gospel. And that's the part that we miss all the time. It's a part like in, we in miss the last all the time. 30 years, I would say. Now, I, I understand that previous to that, there was a pendulum swing the other way where it was all about your sinners, your sinners, your sinners, your sinners. And the grace of God was sort of second thought. But the pendulum then swung to full hyper grace. Hyper grace, yeah. Hyper grace, where it was all about grace, 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 grace. And that's great. But. But that's not great because it's the two wings of the bird. It's both sides of the scale. It's both sides of the coin. Oh, I like that. You have to see this. The two wings of the bird. Of the bird, right? You can't look at one or the other. Obviously, when we when we were doing for so many decades, 
up until the 90s of the you're a sinner, you're going to hell, you're a sinner, you're going to hell. Condemnation involved with that because we weren't talking about the grace of God. Yeah, well, there's no answer to that. There's is no there? answer to that. That's you're just right. a sinner. Yeah, you're drowning, you're drowning, you're drowning. Well, thanks, mate. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and then the other one is, but God loves you. God loves you. It'd be great. Come to Jesus. It's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. Not realizing that you're drowning. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. What do I need a savior? Mm, exactly. But the two wings of the bird, the two sides of that coin is important because that's God is a balanced God. Mm. God is not a God is not a, a tyrannical judge. Well, yeah, it's it's it absolutely. And it, it goes even beyond that. It's it's like there's a problem. Yes. God's answered the problem. Yeah. But you have to know the problem. You have to know there's a problem. Before you answer the question. Correct. The, Correct. The, for, before you have an answer for the imagine, problem. Imagine you get a phone call. Okay, I want to try and try do this here. Imagine you got a phone call. Imagine I called you mm-hmm. and I said, Scott, 374 and then turn left and then go up and then hang up. <laughs> I was saying, what are you on, brother? You're like, what are you? What? Are you, what? Yeah. You ring me back. What are you saying? I just gave you the answer, and I hung up. Yeah, yeah. And you, what, what would you be thinking? Well, what's what's the question? Well, answer to what? I don't yeah. ask any questions. Yeah, what are yeah, you talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah. And what I've just given you was the code to get out of a room before a bomb goes off. And then I'm telling you to turn right because left there's more danger, and then go up rather than down because that's where I'll be waiting for you. Yeah. Great <laughs> analogy. Yeah. I'm just saying that we give the answer, and no one knows. People don't know the problem. Yeah. And it was highlighted to me those few weeks ago with those guys, even more so, I already knew this, but even more so, because now I'm eyeballing these two young guys and they, they're looking at me like, what are you talking about? So <laughs> what was highlighted, if you don't mind me asking? What I was highlighted? helpful for, for people listening. What was highlighted was their lack of any knowledge or any dots being joined, or even the dots. It's not even like there were dots. There were yeah. no dots of the fact that they are sinners who are depraved and have and don't even know that they need a savior. Yeah. Because they're raised in a nice family. They they're good boys as in they they've got a moral standard, no idea where that moral standard comes from. They George, that's kind. really scary. It is scary. When you think about it, it they're completely oblivious to their end game. Yes. Which is not good. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about eternal separation from God. And, and that, that's the point, though, Scott, right? Because if you met these the guys... consequence. If you met these guys, you would go straight away, oh, these are nice guys. Yeah. You and I would say, they're nice guys. Yeah. Absolutely. Wonderful, very respectful. When I go to the gym, hey, George, how you going? Coming over to me, hey, I had an incident the other day. I'm just, you know, what do you think I should have done? How do you think I should have responded to this? See me as almost like a wide, older guy for them. Zero idea. It's a great it's a great point, George. So you're basically saying that there's a lot of nice people mm. in hell. Mm. Yeah. That's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. That's wow. And the and, and you and I have the the answer. Yes. People listening. Yes. I'm assuming a lot of Christians have, have the, the answer. answer. You know, we, we to that problem. An, an old saying says the the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Now they should change that saying to possibly be the road to hell is paved with niceties mm. and moral standards that we don't know where where it's come from. Yeah. So in my discussion with these guys, when I when I confronted them about where do you think your morality comes from? Because you guys are good. You guys are nice guys. You're respectful. 
oh, you know, parents bought us up. Well, great. And what did your parents get? And we, I did the genealogy. All right, how far back do you want to go, bro? Mm, Are we okay. going all the way back to Adam and Eve? Who? At who? Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. So how that far- was part of our discussion a few weeks ago. Exactly. How far back do you want to go? You know? And so I think it dawned on them. I don't know. But there was a bit like, you know, their face was a bit, you know, tilted a little. Eyes sort of a little bit, you know, eyebrows sort of down trying to think like, what? Yeah, because the, 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 that point has never been raised for them. Never been raised. Wow. How right. important it is in our day yes. to raise that point. To raise that. So you, you make a very good point about that, Scott. It's the first three chapters. R- that's it. It hasn't even given us the answer yet. No. We but haven't now, received the good news just yet. But now, chapter uh, verse 21 of chapter... But, but there is a but. There is a but. Yes. Now, now we've got, we've got, we're at 32 minutes. 32? Yeah. Oh, I think man. we need to... I think, look, I think we'll go to 40. <laughs> For this one, forty or forty-five, because we need to sort of hit this a little bit. Oh, this next little bit is just. And then, and then, obviously, we'll continue oh in the next goodness. podcast, right? Yeah. But would, would you mind if I if I take on from Please twenty-one do. here? Because I think there's it says it in a particular way in the New Living Translation, which I think I I, I would like, and I know Scott would like people to get this right. So verse 21 of chapter 3. Now, here comes the turn, people. This is the one we've been talking about we've for the last the, we've hit the, we've four hit the episodes. Okay? We've hit the base. We've, we've hit, hit the ground. We've hit rock the ground. bottom. Rock There's bottom. The only way's up. The only way's up. The only way's up. Here guys. we go. Verse 21. But now God has shown us a way to be made right with him without keeping the requirements of the law, as was promised in the writings of Moses. Hmm. And the prophets long ago. Wow, the, the, the promise of the good news was promised back then. Yep. Verse 22, we are made right with God. In other words, that's, that we're right with God means righteousness. We are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. Verse 23, for everyone has sinned. And we all fall short of God's glorious standard. Yet God in his grace freely makes us right in his sight. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty of our sins. All right, there's so much there. There's so much there. Scott, do keep I going, keep going? Keep, yes. For God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for sin. Right. See, see, it's important to understand what that word means, sacrifice, by the way, for sin. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. This sacrifice shows that God was being fair when he held back and did not punish those who sinned in times past. Ooh. For he was looking ahead and including them in what he would do in this present time. What? Yeah. God did this to demonstrate his righteousness, his right standard, for he himself is fair and just, and he makes sinners right in his sight when they believe in Jesus. My goodness. Thank you, Lord. My goodness. That those those five or six, those what how many verses those five verses are the most powerful verses. Oh, that's amazing. In the Bible, my friend. Yeah, yeah. Just when you hit rock bottom, but now the righteousness of God is revealed. Amazing. Okay, let, let's unpack this just a little let's, bit, right? Okay. Let, let's unpack this. Verse 21, first. <laughs> let's go to verse 21. 
God has shown us a way to be made right without keeping the requirements of the law as it was promised in the prophets long ago. Yeah. In the law and the prophets. Yeah. I think one of the things, you know, that you pointed out, and it's it's one that I even in the um the New King James Version, it says being witnessed by the law and the prophets. What he's referring to is that God had promised man right from the very beginning, right, right from Genesis chapter three, right. when mankind fell that he was going to provide a way to come to him. He did. He did. And the whole Old Testament he did. That's so true. is a promise of something that was to come, and that was him, Jesus. Like, I've got to be honest. I, I, I when I read, um, uh, where was it, verse 25, the second half of verse 25, Oh, yes, yes. That the sacrifice shows that God was being fair when he held back and did not punish those who sinned in the past times, for he was looking ahead and including them in what he would do in the present time. That's huge. Yeah, it is huge. It is huge. I mean, I just just as a, a an editorial aside, I have just, uh, I've, I've gone, I finished Revelation, I think yes. I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, yep. and then I went back to Genesis for some reason. I just felt to go back to Genesis, and I'm now... <laughs> Around uh, Jacob, Jacob's actually <laughs> fleeing from Laban. Yeah, right. His uh, his his relative, um, and but one of the things that stood out, and it obviously always does, we're actually going to mention him um, probably in the next podcast, is Abraham, and how Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness, righteousness. Yes. just because he believed God, just because. So right, even from then, it shows that those who believe that God is the one who is going to provide the way of salvation or mm-hmm. the one who is going to provide um, the way to him, yeah. those that believe that were the ones that were looking forward. Yeah, got you. Yes. Yeah? Yes. Now we're looking back, you know, 2,000 years ago, we're looking back at the one uh, who was provided. Yes. We look back at Christ. Got you. You know, because but they were looking forward, in, believing that God will, 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 do something, will yeah. one day do something. And this is what this is saying. Well, it's, it's going further to say that God was already attributing Jesus' sacrifice to them. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking at you blankly right that now. That is gold. <laughs> That's absolutely right. That, that he was gold. attributing Jesus' as sacrifice to those who believed him. Yeah. He's like, yep, you're saved. Yeah. Yeah. Like, because yeah, you're you, righteous. Because you have faith in me yes. to provide the way. Yes. I said it's something this to same you. Faith. I said something to you. You believed it. You believed my word. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, my man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah David, David, I said something to you. You mm. believed it. Boom. Mm. Mm. Like that's that's mind boggling because in God there is no time in God. Correct. So God already knew that in in the year one, yeah. <laughs> one BC or one AD Genesis chapter three. Done. I, yeah. I'm, I'm providing this for you. Yeah. But so therefore Jesus was going to do it in time at this time that we know was one AD uh, or zero AD that yeah. he was going to do that. Come back. To what, whatever six thousand BC, whatever you want to call it. You, you know what's amazing, George? It's is reading mind-boggling, man. When I read Genesis chapter chapter three, and it and it talks about how um, Adam and Eve sinned and Satan as well. Yes, they all received a curse. Correct. Right, but in the curse yep. of Satan, he, he mm, basically mm. says that um, this one who is to come, the seed of the woman, will actually 
uh, crush your head. Crush your head. Yeah, but yes. you will bruise his heel. Yep. Even then, he's declaring the gospel. He is. Third chapter in, he's declaring the gospel. Because what, what does it mean One by One day that crush seed your head. of the woman yep. is going to come and crush his head. Yep. And he did. Well, what does crush your head mean? Take the authority that you've just been given. Yep. He's, which is the gospel message. Yeah. He's going to crush sin. And Jesus did crush sin. <laughs> he did do that. I, I think um, you read this in, where was it? Because this one I think is is really important too. Uh, verse 25, mm-hmm. it says, Whom God set forth, this is talking about Jesus, um, whom God set forth as a propitiation by his blood through faith to demonstrate his righteousness. Yes. I love that. Yes. Um, what does yes. it say in your one? Because I thought that was very good. Yes, it says, For God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for sin, and people are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his, la- his life, shedding his blood. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's um, a very, very good way to, to describe it. Propitiation is, is a very... Um, it's a it's a very cool word. It really means to appease God's wrath. Correct. So Correct. so in essence, what Christ has done is he's literally taken the punishment that we deserve. And that's why I wanted to say, remember when I said when I read presented as a sacrifice for sin? I yes. was thinking of propitiation. Propitiation, yes. yeah, that's exactly right. He he basically took the punishment that we deserved. Mm. Okay, let's let's let me hit Did you this. hear that people? Did you hear this because that's what I want to hit on, right? We've got four more four five more minutes, let's say, okay? I want to hit on this. Why did there need to be a sacrifice for sin? That's what I want to ask. Why yeah. did there need to be a sacrifice for sin in regards to God? Scott? Okay. So because he's saying Jesus was presented as a sacrifice Indicating there had to be a sacrifice, someone had to do it. The only one that could do it was Jesus. Before that, it was a lamb every single year because it was never enough. And I just, and God's going, ah, I'm just going to do that for now so you all don't die into eternity in hell, right? So let's do this, <laughs> the repeated act every year. The act of. So, um, why, why does it need to be a sacrifice for our sin to be. For us to be made right with God, I think I think it, it says it. God demonstrated His His justice at the present time. No, no, I get that. Oh, okay, sorry. Yep. I'm asking. Uh, let me try and phrase it. God look is looking for a sacrifice for man's sinful nature, who he is, and his actions. Why does why is it repaid by a sacrifice? Why does something have to die? For sin to be removed. Well, the scripture says, "Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness." Exactly. Why? Why is why is that method chosen? Why isn't it? If you chop down eighteen trees and burn them in a particular way and sing "Kumbaya, my Lord," boom, your sins are forgiven. Why is it the shedding of blood? Well, life is in the blood. Yes, and what does so it take life... us back to? What was what was shed at the start in the garden? I don't know where you're driving this, man. <laughs> well, what, why was God given? Because I'm trying to help the listeners who, who oh, can't make the connection. Right. Yes, now. So this yes. is basic, basic, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, oh, man, you're going to take me back to Genesis chapter That's, 3, aren't but, you? Mate, I'm telling you now, Genesis. Listen, oh, my goodness. Listen, Genesis chapters 1 to 11, we know everything about the gospel and the Bible and the world can be found in Genesis it's 1 to amazing. 11. amazing. Right? Well, all right. What what am I saying? Why man man and woman sinned? Man and ah, hang on. What do you mean by that? They disobeyed God. 
they listened to Satan's uh, half truths, half truths, mm-hmm. if you like, mm-hmm. uh, obeyed him rather than God saying, "Hey, listen, this will kill you. You eat this, it's going to kill you. The yeah. day you eat of it, you shall yeah. surely die." And 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 because Satan had said to them, "No, no, you're not going to die." You're going to be like God. Just like God, yeah. Which he Knowing wasn't. good and evil. Yet, that's the point. Mm. So he clarified what he meant by like God, is in you'll be able to reason between what is good and what is evil. When previous to that, we were relying on God's reasoning of good and evil. And we'd say, yep, that's not good to eat. Great. Oh, that's not good to do. That's great to do. Do this. Multiply. Move plants around. Yeah, yeah God's telling us to do. Now we're like, oh, hang on. We want to make our own decisions here. Yeah. To a, to a point, right? So then what happens? So one of the things that I thought was incredibly interesting is that Adam and Eve straight away knew that they were naked, right? Mm-hmm. They felt shame. Mm-hmm. Then they, because of the shame that they felt because of their nakedness. Which, by the way, is just. Was never revealed to them before. Yes, which is mesmerizing just in those two sentences. Oh, there's heaps in it, man. There's yep. heaps in yep. it. So they decided to cover themselves with fig leaves. And when they heard the Lord God walking in the cool of the day, which was they were used to, mm-hmm. they hid themselves. So now fear has come into the creation. And shame, right? Fear, shame. Um, you and know what, Scott? Should, should you and I sort of do a parallel <laughs> podcast? <laughs> a parallel podcast? Have you, you heard it here first. You heard it here first. <laughs> a parallel podcast. While we're doing Romans, we also do Genesis. We'll jump to Genesis. Because you're starting to make me... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> carry yeah. on, sorry. Because as you know, I've just yes. gone through that. But um, yeah, so so this is what happened. And, and, they, and the Lord God says, you know, Adam, where are you? As if God didn't know where Adam was. I mean, he knows all things. Yes. But interesting, the loving heart of, of God saying, hey, Adam, where are you? Um, and he basically says, I was afraid because I was naked. Mm-hmm. God says, who told you that you were naked? That's excellent. Uh, points the finger at his, at his wife or the woman that you gave me. So, so before you go there, let me ask this question. <laughs> I'm going into detail. Yeah, no, let me ask this question. Were they naked before? Oh, uh, now you open up a can of worms. Uh, look, I, I, think well, I want to answer the is... first the, the question. I'm driving towards the, gotcha, answering okay, the question okay, that you gotcha, said before, right? Gotcha, yep. Because after all of this. After this encounter. After this. Um, they're naked. They're naked. They've tried to cover themselves in. Correct. Leaves that. Fig leaves. Flake off anyway. Yeah. They dry out, guys. Yes. <laughs> that ain't going to work. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so anyway, they've tried to cover themselves. Correct. Right. But then God sacrificed an animal uh, and covered them with skin. Go. There you go. Yeah? Yes. So that and that innocent animal had to die, who was perfect. Who was perfect. Because it was in the garden, created perfect by God, yeah. without spot or blemish. Lost, its, lost life its life. Its blood was shed. In order to cover man. the shame and nakedness of mankind. Which, bingo, bingo round here. <laughs> That's what sin is. Naked and shameful. Sin leaves us naked and shameful. Yeah. And so in order to cover it, a blood was shed and God had to cover it with that skin. Whoa. So what does the blood do then for mm, us? Mm, excellent. <laughs> mm, very good question. Well, I'm glad you asked. Very, I'm glad you asked, buddy. <laughs> right? So, so here we are. So oh, fast Lord, forward you to are here. Amazing. You're amazing, God. And God then says, Jesus was presented as the sacrifice, as yep. the one for all. Done once, one and done, 
sacrifice for all, his blood takes away the sin of oh, the world. How, how many minutes have we got left? We're 47 in right now. Oh, no. <laughs> Oh no! What are your thoughts? Have we opened up? Um, uh, yeah, I'm gonna We've gone too far. I'm gonna ask a question and then we'll finish it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just to leave everyone I hanging. Promise, I can't promise we'll finish. Yeah, okay. No, we have to. Uh, okay, what is it? Shall I? Shall I go? Ask there? the question and we'll we'll start next week. We'll start next episode. No, nah, I won't. <laughs> I won't do it. I won't do Why? it. Tears. Why? <laughs> uh, no, come on, say it. Say it, please. Uh, all right. So I'm curious. Wait now. a second. <laughs> what will? <laughs> What? Where were we talking about? My mind's jumped about four thousand. Yeah, yeah. Then. This is we were talking about the sacrifice. Yes. Why? Why was there needed to be a sacrifice okay. for sin to be dealt with? So here's here's a question. Then we talked about the animal having to shed its blood, flesh to cover its sin because we were naked and shameful. And now I know it's answered in Hebrews more, but I think it does beg the question, and I'd love to mm-hmm. discuss it a little bit. Perhaps we do that next time. Yep. What's the question? Can one man, this is what Muslims ask, Christians, Mm -hmm. and it's a good question. Okay. Can one man pay for the sin of all of mankind, both Mm. past, present, and future? Mm. Don't answer it. Yeah. I think we're going to leave it there. Yeah. So the question that we're going to start off with next week, ladies and gentlemen, is the one just postulated there by my good friend Scott. Can one man... Atone for the sin of all mankind, past, present, and future. So why don't you go away and have a have a think through that? <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> now I know why he didn't want to ask it. <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for your extra time. We always like to keep until about that forty minute mark, but we're at forty nine. That was an incredible discussion, Bless you Scott. Guys. That was outstanding. Um, I think it's important. Three. Please keep sharing this around. Romans chapter three. Uh, the rest of Romans chapter 3 is just as beautiful, mm-hmm. which we'll go on through with the next podcast. But we will definitely be answering that question as we start next week. Scotty, thank you so much again, my friend. Thank you. Uh, and I'll see you at the next episode. <laughs>